Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning. And this week, we are diving into, uh, to me, which is a really, really important topic for every single business, especially those of you who are experts, consultants, counselors, therapists, uh, healers, coaches, speakers, authors. If you are in that space of expertise in any way, shape, or form, uh, especially working one-on-one with clients, you're going to want to listen to this. However, if you are also in another realm of your brick and mortar business, you do services like accounting or anything else, believe it or not, there's a huge space for coaching in every business. And I think most businesses, probably nine out of 10, could benefit hugely from adding a coaching option, at least to their product or service roster, to their menu. And with me today is really one of my uh, dearest friends. He is someone who works with me and has been working with me as, as our head lead coach uh, at my NLP training company. And he runs his own trainings as well. Phenomenal human being. Mike Bagala has worked with clients on five continents, including brands like FedEx, Allergan, uh, Medtronic, and the U.S. Army. Mike's been obsessed with mastering the quickest and most effective forms of personal transformation over a decade and a half, and he regularly teaches other coaches and practitioners who then go work with clients. So when you learn from Mike, you're working with someone who trains other mental health care therapists and coaches. He's the guy that teaches the other people what to do. Welcome to the show, Mike. What's up, buddy? Hey, Matt. Great to see you. Thanks for having me, man. Man, I, I'm always excited to have you. And I think, didn't we do an interview like episode number three or something on on this podcast, I believe? Yeah, I think it was one of your first, yeah. Episode number three. And now we're coming up on 250, almost 300,000 downloads, uh, syndication on multiple radio stations. So I, I just want to say thank you for the start that you helped this show get. You're a rock star, man. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, Matt. And that is so awesome that you have taken things to such a degree. It's as you always do. Well, it's probably your fault. That's the thing. So that's what I want to say. It's all because of that. It was entirely episode three. <laughs> that's where 90% of the downloads came from. Everyone said Mike Bagala. But seriously, man, if you have not uh, met or heard of Mike Bagala yet, um, he might be one of the most successful coaches and trainers that no one has ever heard of. And I say that with love because, you know, he lives this quiet, uh, 
kind of just stumbling on a success life, man. That's how, how, how I think about you. Um, but things come your way. You have amazing clients, you have an incredible experience and you are really one of the only people in my organization that I trust all my students and clients to coach with you. Um, you do coaching with our 10X speaker program. You do coaching with our NLP program, NLP Neuro Linguistic Programming Practitioners. Uh, and you run, of course, your own coaching programs called Coaching Magic. Um, how did you, just so people, if they haven't heard episode three from years ago, um, how did you first get into the coaching or practitionering or speaking space? I know you were a pretty high level consultant for a long time. Um, tell us a little bit about your story of coming to the world of coaching. Coming to the world of coaching. Well, for so many years, I have been fascinated with what makes people tick. And really, it, it started with my own needs, with my own insecurities. And I, I grew up in this family of ultra success, and I felt like I was kind of lagging behind. And I had this, this world where growing up, I was, you know, kind of more introspective and I, I wanted to be like an Einstein and I, I got a degree in physics, but it wasn't too long before I realized that I even went to, to Los Alamos for a summer where they developed the atomic bomb and wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I actually realized, I knew you had a different degree. I didn't realize you had a degree in physics all this time. <laughs> yeah, a degree in physics. So you're like the Big Bang Theory uh, people? I, I, I definitely hung around those kind of people and was fascinated <laughs> by these kind of people. And let me tell you what, Los Alamos is a unique place. It's got to be the, I'm sure it is the highest per capita percentage of people that have a PhD of any town in the world. Because you go there and the, the guy who's who is working at the gas station as a PhD in, in physics. He just can't get a job teaching. He has so, a PhD as a fuel transfer technician. <laughs> fuel transfer technician, right. But so I, I realized after a while that even though this stuff is so fascinating, it wasn't for me, but what I got into in trying to, to, to keep up with my studies and everything was, was goal setting, which then led me to Tony Robbins, which led me to NLP which led me to personal development. And I got into it so much and was so fascinated by this stuff that I wanted to share it with other people. And that gave me this, this obsession with learning all I could about how the human mind works and how to help other people. Because the, the more change and transformation that I saw with myself, the more that I wanted to do this with other people. And then when I see their results, it just fuels me. And I feel like you might have skipped a little bit too. So you go from physics degree, working around these geniuses. That's not for me coaching, but along the way, like when we met, you were first starting to speak and train NLP and coach, but you were doing um, consulting work, right? You work in medical devices and whatnot. How did that come about? And at what point were you, did, did you have this moment of, man, I'm doing this work, but I don't love it. And I want to help people. Or was it, Hey, this is great work, but I want to change it. You know, some people have an overnight, I quit my job and I started my dream. Yours, I feel like was a little different, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a long-term transfer. So can you speak to that a little bit, especially the long-term transfer piece? Cause I think too many people in the entrepreneur field feel like, like did what I did. Like I'm done with real estate, close the doors and start being a coach and go broke trying to do it for a couple of years until it finally works. You, to, in my opinion, 
had a really, really intelligent, really um, successful long-term transition to your passions. Yeah. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for many years, I, I, well, I, I worked in industry. I worked at a medical device manufacturing company. And as I look back on what really drove me then, because I was, I was working at this company and, and we had this project where we were kind of revamping our company and getting certified to this kind of international standard, which was what I later consulted other companies on. And I realized that what excited me about that was it was an opportunity to redo the way the company did our processes and basically kind of transform the company, make the company better. So it was like my opportunity to say, hey, look, we've been doing things this way for you know, 15, 20 years. Let's look at this and how can we improve it? And so, so that got me into this, 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 this field of you know, quality systems and regulatory consulting with medical companies. And, and I was doing it and I could do it well and it paid good money. You know, it was, it was interesting because I got to travel the world, but I knew it, it absolutely did not fulfill my soul. And I knew that what, where my heart really was, was in the coaching, personal transformation, neurolinguistic programming world. And so for a long time, like when we first met, I was kind of straddling these two worlds where maybe on the weekend I would teach a workshop. And then during the week, I'd fly off to Tennessee and go consult with a company. And at one point I was teaching a class and I had the students do this process called core transformation, which is this it's it's about speaking with a part of yourself to find out what you ultimately want and then bringing that back through kind of the different levels of your being until you feel this alignment that has been that you've been wanting to make happen for a long time well while while the students were doing this process i thought you know what i got to they they're not having troubles with this i got to do this on my own and so while I was teaching this class, I thought, what is an internal conflict that I have? And it was this, it was, I'm not fulfilling my mission. And so while the students were doing this, I did this process with myself and I thought, I want to bridge this gap between doing the consulting work and doing transformation work full time. It's incredible. So you just use your own process on yourself. It sounds so obvious when I say it like that, because shouldn't we all be using our own methods and processes on ourselves, right? If I write a book with the five steps to start a business, shouldn't I be using that same plan? <laughs> but I know. how often do we find it's like, it's good enough for me to teach you, but I'm a chef that won't eat my own cooking. And you are a guy that eats his own cooking. I think that's pretty cool. I, I, I do that to the, to the best of my ability, but sometimes it does take a moment like that where you got to say, Hey, you know what? Let me, let me use this opportunity and do this. And then I came out of that thinking, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this in a smart way where I take my time and really run the numbers and make it work. And you know what? You're right, Matt. A lot of people in this world, particularly, they are in a similar situation where they say, you know what? I've got this job and it pays the bills, but it's also soul draining. And what I really want to be doing is this. And so a lot of times people feel conflicted and they feel like, hey, what I got to do is just quit what I'm doing so I can follow my heart. But that leads to a lot of problems a lot of times for, for, for people. And it leads to a lot of uncertainty. 
So, you know what? There was a guy who wrote a book, I think it was like 1904, named Wallace Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich. I can't wait to hear Wallace Waddles, man. I've, I've never heard of that book. What Wallace Waddles had, has to say about this, his advice, even though over 100 years old, is still good. What he says is, when you're going to make a transformation like that, what you do is rather than cut it off and then move on to the next thing, is you transcend and include. So what that means is, if you've got a job and you're an accountant and you want to be a coach instead, what you do is you fulfill your current responsibility to the best that you possibly can while you are moving on to the next step. And what that will do when you fulfill, say, your accounting to the best of your ability, it actually brings power to you because you're doing such a good job that people look up to you and opportunities will come your way. And it will fulfill, fulfill the next step of transitioning into where you're going. Dude, that's such a simple concept on the surface, right? But it is, that's incredibly transformational. Transcend while including. Yes. I'm a huge fan of that, uh, big time. And I even do it with my current business now. You probably, we've seen that together, right? Where yeah. I'm moving from one major program or one big offering or a product. And it's like, it's so easy to go, you know, I feel like this, the time, and I, I work in seasons, right? Like I work in, in spiritual seasons, emotional seasons. And I think sometimes a thing can be beautiful in its season, right? It can be fulfilling. It can be wonderful. But when it's out of season, it's like flowers that stayed in the vase too long. The water gets stinky. And if you look back and you look at these dying flowers and go, oh, but they were so gorgeous around Thanksgiving. It's like, hey, it's New Year's, man. These aren't beautiful anymore, even though they once were. And I look at sometimes things that I've offered or businesses to run um, and different things like that. And to, to your point, what you're talking about, you can look at accounting and say, hey, this served me really well. But in the current season, I feel like it's time for this to lie down and it's time for something new to start. So what people want to do is throw it away and start from scratch. Correct. What's your take? I've been talking a lot about the difference between starting things and finishing things, starting things and finishing things. What's your take or philosophy on that? I feel like there's a lot of people who can start things really well, like me. Uh, We get excited about starting things. So it becomes this thing where it's so easy to let's just kill this old idea and let's start a new one, not because it's the best strategy, but because it's most exciting. What's, do you have a take on that? And what advice do you give to someone who is excited about maybe going into the world of coaching or, or starting something fresh in their business if it's necessarily or not necessarily the right timing? Mm, yeah, good question. Well, you're bringing up a lot of stuff here, Matt. One thing That's my is- job. Ask complicated questions. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of ways we can go here. So one is this is there are there are certainly people who have a job and they have this nudge inside themselves where they say, ah, you know, I know this isn't me, this isn't what I want to do, but they push that down and they push that aside. And what you could do is you could spend 10 years or a lifetime pushing away those internal nudges telling you who you really are. And then you've, at the end of that, you have a life that you look back on and question, regret, and a life that really didn't express who you are, which nobody wants that. 
But then on the other extreme, you're right that you've got people who say, I can't handle this anymore. This isn't me. So I'm just going to, this is, and, and they, they look with maybe disdain on people in their industry or themselves even. And then they, they throw all that away. Well, so, so this is why we're saying here, this, this transcend and include, you want to say, you want to say, I'm going to fulfill my current role as absolutely best as I can do, because what that's going to do is it's actually going to set you up for the standard that even when things are difficult, you still do what is needed at an, at a level of excellence. Which, I mean, don't kid yourself. When you go into a new career, there are going to be times when you feel like, man, this particular part of it or this moment, this isn't too much fun. And you want to have that, that set up as a, as a standard of the way that you always operate. And, you know, when, when you talk about how you're a person who likes to start and so forth, I think it is a wonderful thing to be asking yourself, what are my tendencies? What am I great at? And what am I not so great at? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Really look at that. And then surround yourself with people that are different from you. So for example, with you, with, and you're, you're always getting started, but then you follow through too. You, you took this to- No, no, Mike, coach me, coach me, man. <laughs> what you want to do then is work with somebody who's different from you, who has your strengths where you lack that. Really good. So, so somebody who is, then you, you want to surround yourself with somebody who is somebody who's all about systems and follow through and maintenance. And then you know what that's going to create? It's going to create conflict. And in that conflict, you'll have better decisions and better actions than either of you, either of you would have taken on your own. So when you say that will create conflict, can you dive into that a bit? Because I think about people I've had on, on the team in the past. I think about how I've worked with people in my church community. Um, and I've, I think about people that sometimes when, when I have conflict, it's because I try to find someone who's like me, but then neither one of us are doing the implementation or follow through. And then I also have people like we could talk about our friend, Anna, we could talk about Jeremy, um, uh, talk about different people we've had on the team over time, uh, that are really good follow through to implementers. So can you speak a little more to that conflict? And what, like you said, what shows up when you have the right person? Cause like Anna and I, right. I think we worked really well together and we were very opposite in what we would do where I would start and she would finish, uh, as an example. Right. Right. Exactly. But where does the conflict come in? Cause I'm sure there's definitely something in there. Yeah. So for example, with, with Anna, see that that's a great example. Cause you could say, Hey, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this new book. So I'm going to do this book signing. So help me organize all this stuff. And then Anna would follow through. But I'm sure then there were some times when in your creativity and your entrepreneurial zeal that you had some thoughts about, hey, you know, Anna, let's do this and let's do this and let's do this. And Anna would, I'm sure, at times push back and say, hey, you know what? Let's make sure that we do, let's, let's pick what is highest priority here and let's make sure that we do this right. Let's make sure that, at times, maybe we slow things down a bit so that it really can be done right. That's good. You know, it's like, it's like in terms of the, our own personal development, when we have, I mentioned 
internal conflicts before. And we have uh, an internal conflict and say maybe you want to do a parts integration, which is an NLP technique to, for a person to gain congruence. There's this tendency to say, hey, this part of me that I don't like, I want to get rid of. And that can be such a, a natural thing to think, because from your perspective, if, if, say, for example, I wanted to go into this new world of, of, of being an entrepreneur, of being a coach, but then I'm held back because of the certainty of a, of a paycheck, there's a conflict there. And you might say, I just want to overcome that part of me that's holding me back. But a better solution is to listen to both sides, to listen to, say, the Matt Browning and the Anna in you, and, and to say, what is the purpose of each side, and to get each side ultimately what it really wants, because there's value in different perspectives. Is this making sense? So in other words, like, when, no, you're, that's working, incredible. when you're working with, with Anna, it's Rather than, I mean, you're a, you're, you're a persuasive guy. I mean, you're, that's, that, that, that is part of your character. There were times, I'm sure, when you could have persuaded and overcome resistance from Anna. And maybe at times that's useful. But I bet there are a lot of times when the most useful thing you can do is actually to step back and to say, even though I want this so bad and I know that I'm right, let me take a moment to really listen to Anna and listen to why she has this perspective because there's something useful there. Right. Because I, th I think the tendency of like a creator or an innovator or an entrepreneur, visionary kind of a personality, the tendency is to get excited about the vision, know that it's right. And then it's like anything that's not let's go is resistance. It's like, oh, you're not getting it. You're not seeing why you're not getting the big picture. So it is I can see a tendency in me to say, well, let me just I got to convince all these people because they're just not believing in me, you know, or they're not seeing what I see. But the reality is sometimes they see exactly what I see and more than I see because I'm like, here's this vision. And then they see the bigger vision of implementation, right? And what will it take to accomplish this? And it might be a lot more biting off more than we can chew in the timeline allotted or something. I think about Steve Jobs and his programmers early on. So many stories about, you know, Steve seeing it that way, that the engineers would come back and say, no, it's impossible. We can't make it this small, this clean. We can't do it this fast. You want this next month. This is a six month project. And he says, but he, he always believed, no, it can be done in a month. You just have to believe it. And he would push and it would be crazy. And people would laugh and cry and be mad and all this stuff would happen. But the deal would be done in a month. So I think, I don't know, maybe he, he could have, uh, he could certainly created something incredible. So who am I to say that it should have been different? Um, but I think to that point, um, seeing that other side of a conflict is huge. Do you, right. do you, would you say, see the other side of a conflict just inside yourself as well, if no one else is included? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Because, you know, when, when I first started teaching NLP, I, and actually I think this was the way it was taught to me that when you have internal conflicts, say like, you know, part of you wants to go out there and do something. Part of you wants to procrastinate then you do this tool, you do this process so that you can overcome that part of you that wants to procrastinate. Yes. I totally disagree with that. Instead, what you want to do is you want to listen to both sides and work with both sides of you. So here's the thing. When you have a problem, a great question to ask is, where is this useful or how is this a superpower? So when you have a problem... So let's say uh, part of me wants to get up early in the mornings now so I can work out. 
but part of me enjoys sleeping in and enjoys my late nights. And I feel like I don't want to give that up. So it's easy for me to say the ideal me is getting up early and working out. Right. Problem is that I get lazy and I want to sleep in. Right. You're saying that rather than looking at, at the sleeping in as a problem, quote unquote, look at it as what is the superpower? Where is that useful? Could you expand on that? Because that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, and what you want to do is look at both and not make either one wrong. And then look at both and say, I have choice here which we never do, right? We're either, we're fighting with ourselves and then we're not using the best of ourselves. Right. If, if, if you're fighting with yourself, that burns energy. If you're aligned with yourself, then that re- releases power within you. So like for, in, in this example uh, that you gave where say somebody, they, they, they want to get up early and they want to work out, but they, they also have these lazy tendencies. Well, then you look at this and you say, what is the what, what what is the intention of this say maybe lazy part and maybe it is to relax or maybe it is to 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 maybe also it is taking care of your body and then you find out that both sides of you want to take care of your body and you want to do it in a way that's going to be good for you long term that's going to be good for the totality of you because is it possible that if, if that one side of you that was just go, 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 go was totally in charge, the things would, would completely go off kilter because that person would, you know, maybe work themselves out to a frazzle. I'll give you a couple examples of this. So, so clients that I've worked with, there was a client that I worked with who he would have this, this sickness, this illness that would come up whenever he would work too hard. And, and he actually had it for decades and he thought, you know, he'd been to actually a number of doctors and he just thought that this was just the way things were. And what we did was we looked at it and we said, well, let's, let's look at this just assuming as if it's a limiting decision, as if like you had decided to have this at some unconscious level at some point. And it doesn't have to be true, but let's just, you know, just for this process, let's just kind of humor yourself and assume that. And it turned out that years ago, he had started a coffee shop that everybody thought was a terrible idea, but he just kind of got stubborn and, and just decided to do it. And he was working like 90 plus hours a week and he was burning himself out. Wow. About the time that he got this, he started to get this disease that whenever he would work too hard, it would flare up. So what we did is we, and I know this stuff sounds crazy, but until you experience it, and you really see the, the, the results that people can get from it. No, look, Mike, I, I think it makes perfect sense. You know, you're, you're talking about the, the body and the subconscious mind protecting uh, yeah. itself and protecting yeah. you. Yeah. And it's not a far-fetched idea to think, hey, if consciously I want to succeed in my coffee shop, so I think I need to work 90 hours, yeah. there's a part of my subconscious mind that knows that that's going to kill me. So why wouldn't it create a barrier that makes it impossible for me to work? And you might think, well, that's silly. Why would you want to get sick? It's, like a, it's just a way to stop working, right? I mean, how yeah. many times, I, when you say that, I think the times when I hate getting the flu, but I kind of love it. You know, there's a little part where it's like, ooh, I get to binge Netflix. I get to lie in bed. I get to sleep. I don't have to yes. do the dishes. My wife's going to help me out a little more because I'm man sick, you know? Yeah. And, 
And there, there, there's a truth to that, isn't there? It's like, I don't yeah. want to be sick, but I kind of like it. I like the results sometimes, you know? Yes. So then how do you get those results and how do you honor that desire in a way that is still helping you to get your dreams? So with this particular guy, he was able to release that decision that he didn't even realize that he made. Right. And then what happened was it freed him up. So then since then, he hasn't had this problem and he's been able to work. But we did it in a way that made sure that the original intention of that decision was still honored. So that he wasn't going to just go and work himself, you know, sick again, he would be able to have choice now. So this was the kind of thing where he came to me and he said, you know, this is honestly kind of freaking me out because I'm telling other people about this and they don't believe it because it it just, they've, they've known me for too long with this problem, but now I can work as much as or as little as I want to. And, and this, and this, you know, disease that he had didn't flare up again. Man, that's incredible. Now, this this, this is an example of when you have a problem, rather than making yourself wrong, where is that problem useful? Or if at times you might have this kind of internal conflict, right? Doris Kearns Goodwin wrote about Lincoln, the team of rivals, because then he could have these differing opinions and then say, okay, what's the intention of all these parts? And What's, what, what do they have in each of them that's right and that's true that we can utilize so I can make the best decision for the country? That's amazing. It's like having a board of directors that don't all agree inside your mind. And you don't like, I, I say often, I've heard this often, you don't want to be an echo chamber where like yeah. whether it's political or spiritual or, or in any way, shape or form, you don't want to just live in an echo chamber where all of your friends agree with you. Yeah right? Because it leads to a very limited life. So if we have a board of advisors, or we have a mastermind group, or we have friends that don't agree, it's like, awesome, let's find out. There's people aren't dumb. There's reasons why we have differing opinions. And there's different angles and perspectives to look at. I've, I'll be first to admit that I've been 110% certain that my perspective is correct. It's right. It's the best thing to do. Everything else is wrong. And then someone goes, I think we should do it differently. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to convince this guy now. Right. And then he explains why we should do it differently. And I go, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's way better than my idea. Like, oh yeah, I would have had a lot of pitfalls in my idea that I didn't see coming along. Hey, can we, I want to switch gears a little bit because for sake of time, Mike, you've been doing a ton of work. So you're talking about neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. That's what we both do. Yes. Um, you train that as well as I do. And we've been doing that together for a number of years, yep. but you've gone off recently. You've been doing this for a while, but more recently you've really put a focus on it and teaching on this, the difference between doing work with someone and doing transformational coaching. Yes. And if, if anyone, you know, you're listening, you're familiar with the idea of coaching. There's actually different types of coaching. Could you talk to what are the different styles of coaching and what was the missing link you saw that you're now bringing in? Because, you know, I look at there's the accountability coaching, executive yep. coaching kind of thing. And, and then there's that deep breakthrough kind of work that you do when, you know, you come into an office. So what are the different kinds of coaching you see? Uh, what does each one do? Give us a little bit of philosophy around the world of coaching from Mike's world. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. So in... The, the world that, that you and I have inhabited for so long and taught neurolinguistic programming, I realized that the assumption that we were all making was that the work is for 
issue specific changes that this is like when, when, when you're learning NLP, when you're learning this stuff, it, it is about, Hey, you know what? I got a phobia. Let me overcome a phobia. And it's magical and it's awesome. But then you do that process and it's done. That really is fundamentally different from somebody saying, Hey, you know what? I want to take my business. And I want to 10 times my business. That is not a single isolated issue or problem. And the person, it's more about long-term transformation. And so what I've been focusing on, which I do think is very much a missing link in this NLP and personal transformation world, is long-term transformational coaching as opposed to issue-specific work. Now, that issue-specific work still has its place. And it, I mean, when it's needed, that's awesome. I love so it. So issue-specific work is more like, hey, something's not working. I want to get coaching or I want to do a session with someone. And this can be counseling. It can be therapy. It can be NLP. It can yeah. be a healing session. Yeah. It can be chiropractic. I mean, yeah. like really, if you think about it, it's my back hurts. So I want to go to the chiropractor so my back doesn't hurt anymore. Correct. And you might do, well, I guess that's different because you might do a series of sessions. But if you're going to something else, especially in the NLP world, that NLP has become very famous for rather than doing a series of long-term sessions for years, it's like a one and done. You do a breakthrough, you do a, an expanded session or two or three. At the very most, you're doing you know a, a short program, right? 30 days, yep. 60 days, but you're addressing the deal and you're being done with it. Yep. Yep. Now you're talking about long-term transformational coaching. How does that differ from like accountability coaching and what people might be familiar with with coaching? Yeah, yeah. So even think about this as an analogy that if you have, say, a physical medical problem, you might go to the emergency room. But that is, and that's necessary and that's useful when, it, when the time comes for that. But that's different from having a personal trainer at the gym that you go to regularly to transform yourself and your body into the way that it can be and that you want it to be. So accountability coaching is about, I, I want to take consistent action and I, I want to follow through and have somebody that's going to be holding my feet to the fire and helping me figure out what's getting in the way and eliminating those obstacles so that I'm taking progressive, regular action. And that's, that, 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 that is a wonderful thing to do. Right now, I'm working with a guy, matter of fact, who has an extraordinary business opportunity that is very urgent. And so what we're doing is we're meeting daily for 10-minute sessions to help keep his focus and to help keep him going on, on track with this, with this opportunity while it lasts. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and then, you know, that sounds, I mean, Tony Robbins has been doing that kind of coaching for a while yeah. with some of his top financial traders. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you get, uh, it's like a quick, an email every day or, or a quick five minute, 10 minute call yeah. every day or every week. And it's very much like short bursts yes. uh, of not just accountability, but short bursts of advice, short bursts of change, short bursts yep. of breakthrough. Yeah. And you're doing this now. Um, in coaching magic. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about what coaching magic is, who yes. it's for? Cause I just want to plug, uh, the crud out of this program. Cause I think it's so amazing. I've had a ton of my students go through your coaching magic program. They are loving it. Massive rave reviews. So tell us a little bit about what coaching magic is and who it's for. So coaching magic is about, it is, it is about long-term transformational coaching so that you can have a client and instead of doing a 250, 300, 
$1,000 session where you help somebody overcome fear of heights. You help somebody who says, hey, you know what? I've been shy around women all my life and I want to have a girlfriend. And sure, you could do a quick process that's going to help this person. But then after that, do they necessarily have a girlfriend? <laughs> probably, probably not, right? <laughs> This is the kind of thing that- <laughs> Like they walk out in the lobby. Oh, hello. <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. So it's going to be something that they will maybe overcome a fear, but then in the process, they'll be taking new action that will run them into new fears. And it is, it, it is about, it's, it's more about helping a client fulfill a dream helping a client perform at the peak of what they're capable of so that they can go after something longer term. It's more going away from the emergency room kind of analogy and into the, the, the long-term personal trainer metaphor. So if somebody does say, you know, I'm, I'm working with a guy right now and he is, he leads a number of churches. And since the, the time that we've started working together, he's gone from, being the head of eight churches to now 31 plus churches internationally. And this is, this, this is the kind of thing where it's not a short-term change. It's not, well, hey, you know, let's do a breakthrough session. It's they're going to continually be new things along the way where he has to evolve into the leader of the future for his, for his group of churches, for his family of churches, as he calls them. So it also goes along those same lines of, you know, when, when you solve a problem, you become a better version of yourself, you get a better result. That comes with new problems, new challenges, new things to know. Yes. So it, it, just like going to the personal trainer, as you talked about earlier, yeah. not just are you meeting with a trainer, but every time you're shifting up your weights or shifting up your exercise, you're, yeah. you can't just do the same weight with the same reps with the same everything. Three weeks later, a month later, uh, you're not going to get the same result you got. It's going to peter off. So you need to continuously transform and grow. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Really good. Something that, that I think a lot of people are in our industry oftentimes don't think about is just because you help somebody to overcome a problem does not mean that now they're automatically the person they would have been had they never had this problem. So let me, I mean, that, that, that's a lot of words. Let me describe what I mean by that. Let's say, for example, somebody at 13 years old gets in a car accident and they develop this massive fear of driving. So now they're 30 years old and they never learned how to drive. Sure. So you could do a process with this person and, you know, phobia process, for example, and help them kind of rewire their memory of that experience. And now all of a sudden they say, you know, when I think about driving, I'm really not scared to do it. Okay. Now this person at 30 who's never learned to drive, does that automatically mean that now they're a driver and they know how to drive? Right. It means they, they now have gotten rid of the past and they can begin. So they can begin and there's still an ongoing transformation process along the way. That what can happen is if you, if you look at this, for example, in that kind of a context in terms of maybe a relationship, like that's the same thing. If, if, you're working with somebody and say they are shy around women and they want to have a girlfriend and then you help them overcome fears. Now they feel like they can go up and walk up to a woman and talk with her. But does this person have social skills? 
they don't automatically have social skills. Gotcha. So we're also talking about more training. Yes. And so then what, what can happen is this. What can happen is this, is that this person can then go up to and start a conversation with somebody maybe they feel attracted to. And because they haven't developed themselves, it goes south. So now they feel bad and they say, oh, I'm no good. Plus this, this work that I did with this person, this coach didn't work. And maybe even that coach then doubts themselves. And here we go. And here we go. And instead, what it is, is about saying, this is, let's, let's continue to build towards a process and a dream. This is outstanding, Mike. I could go on. I want to do a part two, three, four, five. We could go on forever on this because it's so good. Um, but we do need to, we need to get rolling. And guys, if you love Mike and you love this conversation, you can get more of it at facebook.com forward slash Mike Bagala. So you can get, uh, follow Mike on social. And I know you have a class coming up. You have a coaching magic coming up. And we're dropping this um, just at the end of 2020, right in time for a fresh perspective, right in time for the new year. If you want to find out about coaching magic and see if it might be for you, I believe, Mike, you have a way to connect with you. Uh, yes. And could you plug away? Yes, yes, yes. So I have developed this, this course called Coaching Magic. And I have run it through, as, as you know, a number of people in our community and the results have been beyond my expectations. What we do is we get together and we cover in depth once a week, a topic that is critical to long-term transformational coaching, foundational principles, how to have an enrollment conversation so you can take somebody who's a prospect and turn this person into a long-term coaching client that you've got, you know, you've got recurring revenue with for say six months or more. And, and how to do additional longer term change work processes. And then what we do is we, I assign people to work together so that they can practice what we just learned. So that what happens is over the course of these 10 weeks that we work together, you've got 10 sessions going towards a long-term dream with 10 different people who have 10 different styles. Not only are you going to learn a lot, you're going to change a lot. and that's just a bonus because you get to practice along the way. We, we look at this in terms of your skill set and for how can, you, how can you take this on as a skill in terms of coaching? Because it is a skill that you want to get great at to make it a lifelong, long-term skill. You know, by the way, you talked about how this is useful for people in all kinds of businesses. Google did a study where they said, where you know Google spent millions of dollars on how to maximize the results of their employees because if they they spend ten million dollars on making their employees more effective, it results in billions of dollars in their bottom line. So they they did a study where they said, what are the key skills that make leaders most effective? And what Google determined was the number one skill is coaching. Can you coach the people that you work with to bring out the best in them? And so this is what we learn. This is what we do this deep dive on. It's called coaching magic and we're starting it up soon. If this sounds like something that you'd be interested in and, and Matt, I love you. I love, love all your listeners. So what I will do is I will offer a conversation with 
with your folks on coaching magic and how to make this apply to you, your life, your business, your transformation, whether that's in your career or in your life or in, in your change work skills of helping other people, I'll do this at, at no charge for the time being. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and well, so how do you find out about that? How do you get it? You can go to myevolutioncoach.com. So just go to, just type in myevolutioncoach.com and book a session and, and we'll make this happen. And book a session. That's awesome. So, hey, as long as you go there and it's available, it'll be available for a limited time, maybe through the end of the year. So I'm not sure how long exactly, but, but yeah. go now. Awesome. Find out about coaching, maybe getting a coach like Mike, maybe taking coaching magic and learning to coach and creating that as your career, especially if you're listening, you're in the NLP field, it has been designed even with you in mind. So uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for what you're doing, Mike. Thank you for coming on the show and, and giving us so much of your time. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. Hey, thank you for listening to Driven Entrepreneur. We went a little bit longer on this because I want you to have the sweetness, the awesomeness of Mike Begala um, unfiltered. If you want the entire conversation, uh, make sure that if you're listening to this in the car, you're listening to this, you know, while you jog, head over to the Driven Entrepreneur on demand on any platform where you get podcasts. You can get it on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartMedia. You can get it on Apple, of course. Uh, you can subscribe to the show and you get it downloaded every single Friday. Boom, Thursday midnight, Friday morning, you wake up, there's a new episode and you can go through the archives, almost 250 episodes at this point, and they're all free, no paywall, no membership costs. Just have it. Great conversations with other driven entrepreneurs just like you. I'll see you next week. Until then, stay driven. All right, bye. <laughs>